yo what is up everybody my name is ruby and welcome to brown girl rants and thank you for tuning in hey y'all welcome to episode two hope you guys are having a great week and even if you're not sending you some positive vibes to make it through to the weekend and as always girl what are you drinking and since i'm hosting by myself this week i'm just drinking water because you know we gotta keep hydrated and that's what it is So today I wanted to discuss some topics I've recently been thinking about and it relates a lot to brown girl culture and the struggles we face as we develop through our young teenage and adult years. I also wanted to explore a little bit of South Asian issues that um, I've been seeing in the community so I hope you guys enjoy. So as you guys know I am going to be doing the podcast all on my own today so hopefully I can keep you entertained. But these, some of these things that I was uh, kind of thinking about last week when I was having a conversation with a friend And honestly, I don't even know how we got to this topic, but sometimes when you're in conversation, things just go in a whole different direction. Um, But she started telling me a story about when she was younger, her family and um, like her whole family, they would go to the Gurdwara, also known as the Sikh temple, and she would wear her traditional Punjabi suit. And if she was asked to drop by the grocery store or like a retail store, she wouldn't want to get out of the car and go shopping with the rest of the family. And that's when it hit me. I literally used to do exactly the same thing because I remember my mom would be like, hey, we're going to go drop by the store and I'll be like, hey, no, I want to stay in the car. That was the fear of me just not wanting to get out of the car and being seen in my Punjabi suit. Because at that time, as you're developing as a young teenager, you're already feeling like you're being criticized by everybody. So you wearing a suit in public and then everybody's staring at you or just the fear of running into somebody and judging you for what you're wearing. I think that was a really big deal. I don't know what everybody else's experience has been like uh, while they're wearing like a traditional Punjabi suit versus like Western clothes out in public. But every single time I used to wear it, I was always feeling that I was getting judged. But I've also had experience with this too because I feel like people engage with you differently when you're dressed differently. So if you're dressed in a western way, I feel like people find you more approachable versus you when you're wearing a Punjabi suit to see if you have like an accent or something. They'll kind of test the waters with you but then when you start fluently speaking English, they'll be more engaging with you to go ahead and compliment your suit and stuff that you're wearing. But at the same time, there's also those negative experiences where it's almost like off-putting to them. So they won't engage with you and they'll like say like two words and kind of walk away. And I'm talking about customer service people. And this kind of, I feel, goes into like racial profiling. It's not, it's, it's, I, I don't understand why we've made this something so normalized. And you guys know, I'm gonna keep it 100 with you at all times. And honestly, one of my biggest pet peeves is when Punjabi people hate on Punjabi other Punjabi people. Like, dude, what are you doing? We all freaking grew up this in the same way. We've all had our own set of struggles and like, in a way, proving ourselves to the community that we are normal people and we deserve that respect as well, right? And just going off of that, I'm so thankful that I've had an experience where when I was in high school, my parents put me in a school that was mostly all white people. And I feel like once, like when we got to grade 12, it was kind of just like a little bit different. There was more Punjabi people at our school. But I'm so thankful my parents put me there because I learned so much more about diversity in that um, certain setting than I did when if I was going to the Gurdwara. 
so when we were younger we would always go to the gordura after school even though we had like a bunch of extracurricular stuff right that's where i would make like my punjabi friends and i feel like just over time i realized how hateful punjabi people can be there's just so much insecurity within people and i okay i'm not saying that i'm perfect i I've said a lot of shit about people when I was younger and people have said a lot of shit back to me and that was a different time I'm not that same person anymore so it's kind of just like you have that growing experience and you realize that what I did was wrong so you just want to treat people with respect doesn't matter like what race they are doesn't matter like what language they speak obviously there's people out there every human is different everybody has different interests go out there and engage with people like have a conversation you never know what you might learn knowledge is power and you get blessed with so much knowledge with any person that you meet okay so i got some instagram questions and the first one is as a brown woman what's one thing that's hard for you but you find easy for women of other ethnicities okay Okay, okay. So this is kind of a deep question, but um, firstly, as an educated brown woman, I don't find it just being one thing that's hard. There's multiple factors to this because personally, when I was younger and due to the fact that I also don't look my age, I feel like people still don't take me seriously. But once I um, start speaking and my tone changes and I'm very confident in the way that I'm speaking about whatever subject it is. I'm able to express my thoughts and opinions um, even though there is underlying judgment. And as much as I don't want to say that uh, white privilege is a thing, I think it really is and it will be for a while until we break those barriers. Um, if I look at just academia and a professional setting, 10 years ago, if I was competing against a white girl, the white girl would definitely be favored. And as I've gotten older, I've also started realizing how to address and read certain environments. But you really still need to prove yourself as a woman of color. Um, I also believe that this is actually still very much so a white woman society. And they hold a higher ranking in position of like a professional workplace compared to brown women. It's only recently that uh, South, uh, South Asian women are starting to get recognized as CEOs of companies and owners, but that's also because of the whole colonization notion where fair-skinned are preferred. We associate fairness with being more beautiful, and that's only because we got colonized to think that our skin, our brown skin, is not normal in a Western society. As a brown woman, it has been so utterly hard to make those imprints in today's society but it's gonna be a movement it's always gonna be a movement and you're always gonna have to prove yourself no matter what kind of setting you're in or working in a professional setting or getting your education people still don't value women of color i feel the next question is how could you bring up therapy to a family member that is very very dissy and closed-minded Okay, you guys are just hitting me with really deep questions. It's kind of difficult, but um, I know it's really hard for people to put their ego aside to get the help that they need. And 
you need to honestly be taking care of yourself as well because as much as you want them to get that help unless they're open enough to get that therapy or go to counseling or you know get that support unfortunately until they're ready or even understand a little bit about it they're not gonna go you can keep trying but you also have to be very careful about your mental health it's gonna start draining you as well i'm not saying stop trying but you need to be cautious about how you approach the situation. I know everybody has this, that one person in their life where you know that they need that help and support, but they will never get it because they're, they don't even understand what's, what's happening in their own head. How are they going to be able to express it to someone else? They're open and ready for that type of support. It's, oh, it just sucks because you probably won't, like, I'm not saying that you probably won't be able to help them. Until they want that help, they're not going to get the help they need. Just before we get started to a little bit more of a heavier topic, I have been completely blown away by The Prophecy's new album called Solace. It is so good. Every single track that is on the EP is a banger. Like, is it just me or have you guys been playing it on repeat too? But then again, I'm also that person that gets obsessed with one song and I can listen to it until I can't listen to it anymore. So, yeah, let me know which if you've checked it out and which song is your favorite. Because I love The Prophecy and I've loved him since the day he started. So, <laughs> yeah, let me know. So I just wanted to give a disclaimer on the next topic. It is sensitive and quite heavy. So I just wanted to remind you to be very mindful uh, when you are listening. It's just more food for thought so that it can kind of provoke you and like educate yourselves on this topic. So if you do have any questions, please connect with me or just if you would like to go do your own research. So everybody has social media and as the older generation, we're constantly watching the news, going on Twitter, going on our, all of our different social media platforms to gain that information and knowledge um, just so that we can process and kind of keep up with the world. In the younger generation, so our youth, this is also very accessible, but is it appropriate information for them to be consuming? I was kind of thinking about how parents need to learn how to educate their kids and just because they're super uncomfortable with the topics that come up, they need to learn how to put their insecurities to the side so that they can educate their youth so they don't make bad decisions. Like they need that support and they need that encouragement. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I really hope this goes for everybody. I hope that you think about things before doing them. So just know the consequences of your actions. I mean, how many times have we heard stories of girls getting sexually assaulted in school or just being sexually exploited and just other teenagers kind of ganging up on each other or like group versus group and exposing nudes? Bullying and harassment. It happens to people all the time, but they also don't realize that once you've released this content to other parties, it's considered child pornography. You're under the age of 16. So once you've distributed it so if you've sent it in group chats or text messages whatever you've committed the act a criminal act of the distribution of child pornography if you're above the age of 18 you should be aware that you can be charged for sexual harassment or if it gets to that point 
you can be charged with the act of um, the distribution of child pornography. And I know that a lot of people are just not educated or don't have the awareness or information presented to them. But we need to actually start thinking about the things that we do. A lot of people just don't care because they don't see it as a big deal because it's not happening to them. But once it happens to you or even if it's something that's happened to one of your friends, huge impact on your mental and emotional health because everybody has seen things of you just because your body doesn't mean something to them doesn't mean that it shouldn't matter to you your pictures or photos that are circulating out there or if you've ever been through this experience that feeling of vulnerability that make you question your self-worth affect your mental state not only do we need to educate our youth we need to educate people who are around us because most of them don't really know what the laws are and some people think it's okay to be doing what they're doing it bothers me that people can actually go to this extent to forward nudes or nungya pictures and things like that of other people the fact that some individuals can actually stoop so low to seek revenge just because someone isn't giving them what they want they'll go out to ruin and destroy someone's reputation and that is such a disgusting behavior and my advice as always is don't send nudes Just because it's deleted off your phone doesn't mean it's not stored in the apps that you've already used or available on the internet somewhere. It's just some food for thought. Like, you do you if that's what you want to do, but be aware of all the other things that are going on behind the scenes. And, okay, just to backtrack, and if any of this child pornography type of stuff or you get nudes sent to you and they're under the person's under the age of 16... Put it on airplane mode so that you're not held liable for this situation and delete all of that off your phone. I know that everybody has group chats and things like that where some of the most inappropriate things kind of come across or someone like shares those with you and our immediate reaction usually is just like okay whatever but I don't feel like that's supposed to be a normal behavior for us to just be passive about it right because we are viewing this content and this material Group chats are the, can also be the most disgusting things, especially when brown guys are involved. They do not know what boundaries are, so they will keep sending you really disgusting things. And those are also the things that you really don't even want to see. So they stick in your mind like a sore thumb. When people are sending you stuff like that, you can speak up for yourselves and be like, Hey, yo, bro, I do not want to see that shit. Stop sending it to me. That vulnerability, that feeling of just self-worth is getting lower and lower for them and you are not helping the problem some people are going to be like oh my god i'm going to go forward it to everybody some people are going to be like yo this is disgusting and i don't want to be a part of this so which side are you on are you the person that is encouraging the behavior or are you stopping the behavior and these are all the people that kind of need to start checking themselves because these are the type of things that ruin people's outlook on life it hurts people it makes their self-worth get lower their self-esteem is lower and who knows these are things that contribute to mental health issues such as depression who don't know what the other person is already experiencing so stop making it so difficult stop making their life more difficult and honestly what are you getting into getting out of destroying someone else's life right But this kind of also reminds me of um, how to catch a predator and like all that creep catcher stuff where you're trying to catch a predator. You caught him. But the thing is, 
his IQ and his emotional intelligence, or just him in general, his cognitive is probably so low functioning, he doesn't even know what he's doing. He doesn't understand those concepts. Even if you explain it to him, it'll take you a really long time to actually get him to comprehend things like this. And it's the same thing that goes for the creep catchers, dude. You're literally setting them up, but you don't even know what their cognitive ability is. Of course, yes, I know that they're doing something wrong. You trying to beat the crap out of them and all that stuff, like which they fully deserve because it's disgusting. You also got to meet them at their level because they have no idea, especially coming from, um, especially coming from different um, cultures. Everybody has their own perception of what things are. And it's just more likely the case that it's more likely the case that there is no education on this topic. And this kind of actually reminds me of something when I was younger as well. Now that I'm actually thinking about it, it was quite disgusting. And also at that time, I was obviously very young, so I didn't know what was going on. I remember some, just in the past, there was a guy that was 20 years old and he started hitting on a 15, 16 year old. If you think about that, that's actually quite disgusting. You are hitting on a child. A 15-year-old is a child. And a 20-year-old graduated, or maybe not graduated, I don't know, or education-wise, completely two different realities. How is it appropriate for a 20-year-old to hit on a 16-year-old or a 15-year-old? I don't understand this logic. And the culture of pedophilia is a culture of child brides girls used to get married off at like six seven way back in the day and then they would go um to their in-laws houses and stay with them once they hit the age certain age of like 14 15 or even younger it really just depended on the situation in that reality that was also so wrong but it was so normalized and that just kind of almost goes into the whole situation of the value of a woman in different cultures too right so we're not gonna go there so one of my friends and I were having a conversation, and he's about five years older than I am, right? So he, I don't know, we were just having like a normal, just a generic conversation, and I pointed out the fact that, hey, did you know when I was 20, I would have, or when I was 20, you were 25, and then we just kind of thought of, imagine you being 25 and hitting on me at 20 years old, and he literally, we literally just had this really like, moment of silence for like 30 seconds and he's like you know that would be really inappropriate and some people are educated in this where he he recognized it immediately like it was not okay if we were at that age and talking or whatever compared to now when I'm 30 and he's 35 so it's just interesting how some of these things are very it's, it's not something that you think about until you, you bring it up they're constantly doing things where they're not really getting out of the phases that they're supposed to when they're um, turning from young adults to full-blown adults. And on top of that, like the way that they carry their relationships and the way that um, their daily lives go, it just it doesn't correlate with their age and like what they're supposed to be doing. It goes for males and females at this point in the brown community where they're so sheltered or they've just been taught certain things where they've never been pretty much checked that hey this is reality you can't be treating people like this and you can't be doing certain things where they're kind of forced to become mature and be put in certain life situations so they can excel in decision making or have critical thinking where you can analyze the situation and solve it and come to a resolution 
I just want to remind you that these are just my thoughts and opinions on things because these are the things that I've observed in my life. And there's also this issue with brown men and their entitlement over women. So I feel like it's when we're coming back to like sending inappropriate pictures to people, I feel like that's kind of like their control in the situation. It doesn't matter whose reputation they're about to trash as long as they have that upper hand and that control over someone. Control is such a scary thing because once people have that, they literally have the power to ruin you and that's how you kind of know what a person is. Control is such a power-driven type of ideology where some people need to have that just to make themselves feel better and those are the people that I definitely do not want to be in contact with and I feel like it's your job to obviously help the person, but if they're degrading you or making you feel like shit, you need to get out of that and maybe get them to open up their eyes and open up to a different perspective of, hey, you know, you're kind of doing something really fucked up, so maybe you shouldn't do that or like make someone feel worse or send inappropriate pictures out. First of all, the bestie is unreal. Imagine not even imagine you guys know so many things have happened in your own lives and things that you've seen to other people how are you educating yourself how are you progressing and how are you stopping from engaging in these behaviors one of the biggest things in types of situations like these are being mindful and actually thinking about things before you're doing them my advice is just never ever send them If you're going to take them, just know that there's always going to be a digital trail of these photos. So keep yourself protected. Obviously, I don't have the facts to all the situations, but just through things that I've experienced and seen, I just want everybody to know that there is help for you. There are resources out there that can help you. At the end of the day, everybody knows what a bad decision is from a good one. So I hope that you stop engaging in this type of activity and stand up for everybody like stand up for these beliefs stand up for your values and your morals and to end this more on a positive note did anybody hear about Alcalsa aid being nominated for the nobel peace prize i'm so elated to hear that it's a sick organization that is being put up for the nobel peace prize farmers protests even i've noticed that a lot of content has been being censored and being blocked on instagram keep sharing it keep reposting to your stories i know i've been doing them as much as i can and don't forget to donate to Kalsa aid thank you for joining us on the brown girl rants podcast and we'll see you again next week on wednesday catch you later alligator Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to connect with us, please email us at browngirlrants at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram at browngirlrantspodcast.